Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Anthony. I'm here with Corey, and uh, this is the first episode of the first equity funding real estate podcast. Uh, we just wrapped the episode up. Corey, what do you think? Short and sweet. You know, definitely some good information in there. Yeah, we just uh, we really wanted to do an introduction episode, kind of let everybody know who we were, what we do, and kind of what kind of value we're trying to provide on this show going forwards. Yeah, and right now um, it's a it's a good little episode with just us, but moving forward, we're definitely gonna have some some guests and hopefully bring some really valuable content to everybody. Yeah, I think I mentioned at the end of the episode we're trying to do these episodes bi-weekly um, at least, um, you know, depending on when we can book guests and such. But um, I think this is gonna be fun. There's really no podcasts I know of out there that are focusing on hard money and creative financing as well as a host of other real estate topics but nobody coming at it from that angle so I think um, it's a good little niche in the market and I think uh, I think it'll be nice yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun and enjoy the episode and uh, listen we'll make them as uh, entertaining as we can and uh, let us know what you think All right, and uh, and we're on. I guess uh, welcome to the first episode of the First Equity Funding Real Estate Podcast. Uh, I'm Anthony. My name is Corey, and uh, we're with First Equity Funding out of Seagirt, New Jersey. And uh, you know, really, I guess uh, in the intro episode, kind of want to talk about why we wanted to start the podcast. Yeah, I mean, do you want to kind of I guess talk a little about what podcasting is? I mean, I'm sure everyone listening kind of has a general understanding of what it is. Well, believe it or not, I'm guessing a lot of our borrowers who we're going to be disseminating this information to probably uh, are not familiar with podcasting. Uh, the most, the most, the easiest way to describe it, the way I would describe it, would be uh, it's basically on-demand niche radio. Yeah. So it's typically a show that's about something very specific. In this case, you know, real estate and creative financing. And it's on demand, meaning you download the episodes to your phone, you listen to them, you know, on your phone or in your car, wherever you are, whenever you want, as opposed to radio, where, you know, if you want to listen to Howard Stern, you got to go on at specific times. So there's a lot of advantages in that way. And um, maybe for some of our borrowers who, and some of our clients who aren't as familiar with uh, with podcasting, this will be a good introduction for them. Yeah. And uh, the big difference, you can't pause Howard Stern and go back later. Whereas this, you can kind of take a break, do what you got to do, come back. Um yeah. Just in my own personal experience, I know some of the podcasts I've listened to that I found a lot of value in, especially real estate related ones, I've listened to that certain episodes three, four times. Yeah, so, absolutely. And it really runs the gamut. I mean, there's podcasts that maybe do news and updates and they're five minutes long and there's podcasts, you know, that, that are three and four hours long. It's, right. uh, it's a very flexible and useful medium. Um, so that said, uh, we're going to have links uh, on the page on our website, on the show notes page. Uh, basically telling you how to get the podcast so you can either be watching on YouTube or download it via iTunes or Stitcher. And so um, if you have an app, an Apple iPhone, um, it's pretty easy to su- subscribe to the show and then uh, and get them right to your phone. And like you you know said, it's, it's a free-flowing, like, open-form interview where it's just you can kind of get to the bottom of things. You kind of explore content a little bit. Today, this is like an introductory episode. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, First Equity, what we do, hard money. Um, but in the future, we will have some guests, you know, whether it be title agents or attorneys. Realtors, um, yeah. con- contractors. I mean, any way we can add value. And I think actually going forward, that'll probably be most of the episodes. Right. Um, you know, listen, obviously, we're a lender. We would love to teach you about all there is to know about, you know, creative financing. But... Um, we're really going to mix it up and provide as much content as we can. 
Yeah, so uh, so as far as today's episode goes, you know, we'll just talk a little bit about kind of what we do and uh, I guess what hard money is and, and how people use it to finance their deals and then maybe touch a little bit on we thought to talk about multifamily because everybody knows, not everybody knows, but many people know that you use hard money for fix and flips, which is certainly the lion's share of our business, but uh, more and more borrowers have been using it to fund their buy and hold their multifamily properties. Yeah, which is something you know that we love finding those types of deals, um, the the multifamily, yeah. the bigger properties. So, yeah, and we've been, we've been doing it more and more. But um, you, you want to just tell a little bit about what exactly uh, hard money is and how it's maybe a little bit different than conventional financing. I mean, yeah, it's just a it's a it's a tool you know to keep in your your tool chest. It's just um, it's creative financing. It, it's more asset based, you know. So while we do underwrite underwrite the borrower a little bit. Um, you know, it's mostly about the deal and if the numbers work. Um, so, so we're, you know, and like one of the partners say, and it makes a, a whole lot of sense from this perspective, we're, we're lending on properties at their worst condition. We're given cash to, for them to fix it up. And then, you know, the investor would then be flipping the property or refinancing it as a rental. I mean, it's only really two exit strategies, right? Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a couple of things there. So number one, if you're looking to do a fix and flip, you know, if you walk into one of the big banks and tell them you want a loan to do a flip, um, you're going to get laughed out of the building, right? Right. So that type of financing is not even available. And then number two, for maybe other properties, if you want to buy a rental or, or something else um, that you could potentially get bank financing on, you know, we have borrowers who, to a lesser extent, sometimes credit issues, we, we can be a little bit more flexible on credit. Because um, as, you, as you alluded to, it's more asset-based and more experience-driven. And obviously, we, we review credit, but to a lesser extent. And then number two is um, self-employed borrowers. So a lot of times, we have borrowers who have great credit, lots of experience, but they may not show any money on their tax returns. And that's that's an issue we can navigate around, uh, whereas you know many other banks can't, can't really work with that. So um, there's, there's really countless situations in which um, using private money or hard money would make sense for you. Yeah, and uh, you'd be surprised on what you could do with creative financing. You know, whether it be private money, hard money. Um, there's a loan out there for for everybody. Um, if you have a deal, there's there's money for it. Yeah, you know that's that's always the big question, right? Yeah. Do you look at the money first, or do you find the deal first? And um, I think the answer really is both. You should be trying to source financing and source deals at the same time. But right. at the end of the day, if you have a good deal. Um, finding equity or finding the debt for that deal, I think is a lot easier if you have a solid deal. So, um, and that's what we try to do. We try to identify borrowers who, uh, who have experience, who have good deals and, uh, and just need some financing to, to get the thing done. So, um, you want to go over just maybe some general guidelines of how a fix and flip loan, you know, sort of looks start to finish, uh, in terms of leverage and such. Um, so I kind of touched base on, I guess, how we do it. Um, I mean, cause we're kind of in par with the industry on how they do things, right? If not, maybe a little bit more aggressive than the average bear in this in this space. But um, so maybe we'll just talk in in very general terms. Um, yeah. So I mean, when, when you're looking for for these properties, uh, they're lending based off kind of two numbers. Um, we're going to be looking at the purchase price, and then we're also going to be looking at the after repair value. Right. Um, so with the purchase price, um, you know, we're lending anywhere from eighty to ninety percent of the purchase. Um, that depending on bar experience, the deal location, the size of the deal, maybe their history with us. Obviously we can extend exactly. better leverage to borrowers who have been with us for a long time or have done 10 deals with us. Right. And, and, and most of the time, you know, we're lending hundred uh, percent construction, you know, as long as it, it fits in the deal. Um, and then when we look at the after repair value, we're lending up to 65% of the after repair value. 
And correct me if I'm wrong, some situation we kind of push towards 70%. Yeah, right? if it's a larger deal and there's enough margin there, we can push that um, that number to 70 or 75%, even in some cases. And, you know, just to unpack what you just said a little bit, it's important to remember if we're giving you, let's say, in the best case scenario, 90% of the funds you need to buy the house and 100% of the money you need to fix it up. You know, we're giving you 93, sometimes 92, 93% of the total money needed for this project. Right. And we're lending it on a property that's really in its worst condition. So it's a very, very aggressive loan from a lending standpoint. Um, so not only is it financing that's not available from a typical bank, it's leverage that really is going to allow you to expand your business. Because um, as we know, if you're using cash, you really, you run out of, you'll find that you're going to run out of money very quickly. Right. And because of that, what comes associated with it, and you know, a lot of uh, experienced investors understand this, they just calculate into the deal, it costs money to borrow hard money. Sure. You know? And even if, if private money, it doesn't matter, you're going to be paying generally a little bit of a higher interest rate. You know, you're going to pay some points at closing. Um, but it's because of this, you know, the risk that you're, you're talking about, the how much leverage, you know, we're putting right. in the deal. Right. So um, if you think about it in, in the most simple terms, essentially, we'll give you... Um, up to 90 construction, 100, um, I'm sorry, 90 for the purchase, 100% of construction funds, so long as that total loan amount doesn't exceed 65 and sometimes 70% of the after repaired value of the home. And again, that's why we can extend that leverage is because we know there's that margin on the back end that uh, you're gonna make a nice profit. And um, and, and you, you know this, we, we've turned loans down that you know the borrower wants to, is gangbusters to get this deal done and we said no because we didn't think the borrower was making enough money because the last thing we would ever want to do is, um, you know, put somebody in a position where we don't think they're making any money on a deal. Even if they were to flip the property and they and they broke even, that's not really the type of relationship that we want to establish with borrowers. That's not the experience we want them to have. So, um, most and that that's why we've 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 been successful because we've really satisfied you know kind of what our borrowers were looking to do: get their property financed and have a profitable flip. Right. And it's fresh in my head. Actually, it was a misconception I heard uh, somewhat recently um, is that they think that, you know, we make a lot of money off the interest. And in reality, no, like the faster, for example, to add that incentive, we don't have prepayment penalties. You know, obviously, in our eyes, the faster you get the deal done, the faster you can move on to the next one, the faster the next one we're funding, you know, it, keeping the wheels turning is the goal. So we want to see you succeed and, and get into the deal get it fixed up and sold and so sure. you can move on to the next one. And there's been plenty of borrowers who sort of use these loans in different ways and one of the ways is kind of using it as bridge financing. Right. And so sometimes these loans are only out with us for 60 or 90 days. And so you're right, you know, the fact that there's no prepayment penalty, um, you can turn over your deals really quickly and there's no extra uh, cost associated with that. But, uh, you know, that's that's a little bit maybe more granular than than we're typically going to get on the, on this podcast. But we just want people to understand kind of uh, what we do and where we're coming from. Um, but really, with the the point I think we want to impress upon people today is that if you've never looked at using financing, whether it's with us or private money or anybody, um, you probably should because debt can be one of the most uh, valuable tools in your in your toolbox when it comes to growing your business, expanding your real estate portfolio, and at the end of the day, making more money. And I'm sure you could speak on that a little bit. You know, you have yourself a couple of rental properties and you're in the multifamily, you know, game a little bit. Um, you know, as you said, debt and how important it is. Like, yeah, I, I actually had to buy those deals cash, you know, and it's like you can put, you can divvy that cash up in four or five different deals. Whereas in your case, you know, you get some financing from a bank and, you know, you're into four deals versus one, you know, you're over leveraged. Yeah, me personally, I would never buy deals with cash. Um, I think it's a waste of money. Um, you can go out and get cheap debt from a bank, 
or you know cheap enough debt that it makes sense and use the power of leverage responsibly uh, to make more money. Um, you know, especially if you're looking to do some type of buy and hold strategy, I would I would really never recommend somebody on a property with cash. Um, you know, your your returns are amplified when you put leverage, you know, on uh, on a piece of property. So, you know, just just I have the most experience with multifamily properties, and and I want to correct. Um... He's not just a little bit. I mean, you're pretty actively aggressive in, in finding multifamily properties. Sure, you know, sure. And you're, in one, you're not going to talk on it now, but you're in one once that deal done the trick, you talk about it. But after that, you're on to your next one, right? Well, you're, I'm under contract on a deal now, um, a multifamily property. Yeah. And if you look at the numbers, I mean, and not, not to get into multifamily on this episode, but you know, cap rate is basically your return on investment if you were to pay cash. Uh, without financing, and then your cash on cash return in a multifamily property is, is essentially after your mortgage, you know, how much money are you making based on your money in the deal? And if you're buying right, your cash on cash return will be higher than what your cap rate is. And what does that mean? That means that you're making more money and you have le- you're making a better return by using leverage. Right. So whether you're using traditional bank financing, private money, or hard money in this case, um, it's at least something you should be considering. And the one most um, I would say what drew me the most to multifamily is the fact that once you pull all your cash out of that building, um, it, it means it's it's infinite return. I mean, you have no cash into this asset, and it's it's coughing money up, you know. And so, if, if, right. So, if you work backwards from what you just said, that makes hard money even more attractive because if the end goal is to basically refinance down the road once you fix a property up and stabilize it and get your cash out, your your goal should be just to acquire that property whatever means necessary. If you have a great deal on your hands and you don't have enough money to go out and get, let's say it's a big apartment building, Fannie or Freddie debt, or right. or even just put a local community bank, using a hard money loan to close quickly and, and get it done if the building has some warts, yeah, the rates are a little bit higher for all the reasons we just discussed. But guess what? Now you own that building. When you fix it up and refi and you pull your cash back out, that building's yours forever and you have no money in it. So that's a really powerful strategy, and it's one that we talk to a lot of borrowers about who are just doing fix and flips, and um, they're they're starting to realize that maybe the best strategy is to do fix and flips to live off of and make some quick cash, but eventually put that money to work long term and buy some rental properties, buy some multifamily or mixed use buildings as well. Right, some passive income, something that can generate income for you when you're not there. You don't have to constantly manage the construction projects, and well, it's it's all it's fun. I see the investor having a lot of fun doing it, making plenty of money, but. Like I said, long term, you want to build that portfolio. And what you said was important was quick, quick closings. Um, with con- traditional banks, I mean, you're looking at what thirty, sixty days to get financing sometimes. Probably and, more closer to sixty to ninety days, yeah. um, if everything's right. You know, we're closing deals in two to three weeks. You know, many times. Obviously, a bigger apartment building, maybe you're closer to a month, but um, it's way quicker than anything else you're going to get from a traditional lender. Right, and there's a lot less red tape, I guess you can say, to cut through uh, if you want to compare it to like a 203k loan, for example. Whereas, you know, we're collecting, what, like 10 documents all together, you know, on the hard money loans. It's a commercial loan, you know, we're, we're looking at the property itself, what it's worth, and, you know, mitigating our risk that way. Whereas, if you go for a conventional loan, there's a lot that can go wrong, I guess. I mean, I've heard, you know, situations where you're two days from closing, and for whatever reason, the bank doesn't like it, and that's it. Something know? happens, yeah. and the loan's and the loan's uh, Small change in your credit or, or anything can, can kill the deal. You know, I always tell people that I think uh, what we do is common sense lending. Um, and you, you mentioned red tape earlier, and that's what that's what all these big banks have. And it's it, it makes uh, it can be very frustrating not only for 
for the people who are borrowing the money, but also for the people at the bank, right? Because everybody wants yeah. to move this thing forward. And for whatever reason, you just can't. And, um, you know, so if, if someone comes to us and they have a credit issue or they don't show any money on their tax returns or whatever the case is, maybe um, they're not quite as experienced as we want them to be. We can kind of put our heads together and figure out a way to make things happen and make things work. Right. I mean, so long as we think it's a good deal. Exactly. And an example would be maybe giving like a little less leverage, you know. Um, or something along those lines. Bring a partner into the deal, right? You know, which is which are things we can do quickly, as opposed to you know a, a longer drawn out process. Yeah, it usually takes what a couple of days to get an answer. Usually within a day, but you know, if we have a lot going on, it might take a couple of days. But it's sure. usually a lot quicker than going through the ranks of a you know maybe a bigger institution. Absolutely. So um, I guess the next thing is you know we kind of wanted to just touch on why we. We talk about what a podcast is, but why did we want to make a podcast? I mean, uh, it's it's funny because when we get phone calls in the office from borrowers who we've never spoken to before or potential borrowers, a lot of the questions are the same, right? So, you know, we think we could provide some value here, disseminating yeah. information that is um, applicable to most people's situations. Yeah, and not even talking about what we do, you know, so we kind of have a place to, you know, reference. Um, you know, we're hoping to add some value uh, in terms of different content we're going to have. Uh, as we kind of mentioned earlier, title agents, attorneys, uh, you mentioned realtors, just different perspectives of the industry that we're going to kind of have, a, you know, someone, I guess, of an interview. You know, we'll sort of have the partners in here at some point. I'm not a loan officer that, you know, so we're going to mix it up a little bit. And today, like you mentioned, was just more of an introductory of what we're going to do. And and I guess at some level it puts... It puts faces to the names. I mean, there's a lot of borrowers who I speak to on the phone regularly. You know, we speak to uh, via email, but may not know us. And, you know, it, it's important to know that there is there is a, you know, a face behind the name and that, you know, we're a small company, but we were pretty nimble and pretty active. And, uh, you know, we we're out there and, um, you know, we're, we're quickly becoming one of the most aggressive uh, lenders uh throughout the New Jersey region, I would say, but, you know, we're lending across the country and, uh, we just did a deal in Kentucky and, you know, we're doing something down in Florida and, uh, deals in Texas. So, um, you know, our, our, our reach has been, we've been, we've been far reaching as of late. And so, yeah. um, I think we have a lot to, to offer people and, uh, you know, happy to share that information. And as you said, a face and a name. I mean, I like to say we're a pretty trustworthy company. You know, we try to look out for our investors, our borrowers. So I think, like you said, putting a face and a name can kind of um, add to that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's there's deals like we said before. We could have done deals, or we probably could have pushed deals through that maybe would have made sense on paper, but just something wasn't right. And so we nixed the deal because we thought that we would keep we were keeping our borrower out of a bad situation. Yeah. And uh, we've even had borrowers come to us later with other deals and say, you know what, you were probably right. You know that that deal was not really what I thought yeah. it was. And you know, I don't. And they I don't, appreciate that. Yeah, they do. Which I think I, that it's good. To, you know, it's always nice hearing that. And we're pretty in touch with the industry and, um, you know, as far as our loans, we, we write great loans and, um, you know, we're really proud of that. Um, you know, we, we, we kind of do things in more of an old fashioned way too. I mean, especially for our borrowers who are local, which is, which is a far majority of them at this point, yeah. we like to go meet people in person, right? We like to go have face-to-face -face meetings. We like to see your projects. We like to go out and see you on the job site or, you know, meet you for coffee or lunch or whatever the case is. Whereas a lot of other people are in the office on the phones and we don't really operate like that. You know, we, we try to be a little bit more hands-on and, and approach the business from from that angle and at least added value i'll sell the company a, a little bit um you get with, with first equity is you know combined experience we have like 50 years in the office between the three partners um you know so perfect example is actually over the weekend i have a deal um in the 
I guess you can say Marlboro area. There's a lot of septic tanks out there. Um, you know, so one of the partners saw the address. He said, "Hey, you know, do you want to give them a call and kind of run it past them?" And I did, and they already did inspections and stuff. But that's something that can cost, uh, you know, that, that could be a ten, twenty thousand dollar fix. And we we're talking about earlier, it can go up to thirty, forty thousand real quickly. Sure, sure. We're trying to fix a septic problem, so and it's and just it's, that added experience, an extra set of eyes on, you know, the the projects that come across our, our desk. Yeah, I mean, and, and just speaking on experience, I mean. We have a very well-rounded um, group here. I mean, we have people with experience from many different aspects of the real estate business, whether it's, you know, from the Wall Street, more corporate side of things, whether from the conventional lending side of things. I come a little bit more from the multifamily background. Um, so it's it, it's kind of like if you mix everything together, we have, uh, we're very well-rounded. And I think that shows because we can really provide value to our clients when they're doing their flips. And they've asked us questions that we've helped them get their projects done. Um, because we have that experience, you know, first equity has done their own flips, um, uh, along, the, so. along the Jersey shore. And that's not to say we compete against our borrowers cause we're in a very local market here, uh, on the shore, but we have the experience to be able to tell people, this is what we did in that situation. This is what we would do. So, um, it's one of the reasons I think borrowers like to uh, work with us, you know, on a repeat basis, which ultimately is why we're doing this podcast, you know, at the end of the day is to bring that value, bring the content. Um, hopefully, you know, we can help somebody, you know, move forward. And if they have any questions, reach out to us. Um, you know, so that's kind of what we're here. So yeah. So um, as far as, I mean, frequency goes, we'll probably be doing episodes, you know, I would like to say biweekly, but, um, at least, right. you know, obviously everybody's busy and we want to provide good content. So it's kind of dependent on when we can schedule guests and, and make that work. So I guess our goal is, is biweekly. And uh, obviously, if you're watching, you probably got notified of, of this uh, by our email list. So um, you're going to get updates on new episodes that way. But I would certainly implore everybody to subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel, which we'll have a link for uh, on the show notes page. And also subscribe on however you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or whatever other podcast app. Yeah, by the time this is out, we should have all that set up already. So we yeah. should be good to go. Um, I mean, is there anything we want to add, I guess, for an introductory episode, or does that kind of cover everything we need to? No, I think that's basically it. Um, you know, we're very proud of what we do here. I don't think we have to sell ourselves too much. Um, we're always, you know, here to, to provide questions. And uh, like you said, you know, our, our goal with this show is really to provide as much value as possible. And answers to those questions. What's that? So you provide questions? Provide answers <laughs> to the questions. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll provide both. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so, so uh, I mean, next episode we'll be back with the guest and um, we'll be churning the episodes out. And um, please let us know if, if you like these, if you don't like these, if you think there's any format changes we should do. Um, if you did like it, please give us five stars on iTunes or give us a thumbs up on YouTube. That certainly helps us, uh, you know, grow the show. And um, we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Again, my name is Corey Anderson. And this is Anthony Palmiato. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. I think we're out. We're out. All right. Right.